Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world. And you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Today, our guest is Chuck Gehring. So I am your host, Maureen Metcalf, the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders in their organizations to identify trends that will most likely disrupt their businesses and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author of an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also an adjunct faculty member for universities in the U.S. and Germany. When we talk about the rate of change that we're facing in our world, Ray Kurzweil talks about anticipating 20,000 times the rate of technology change in this century more than we saw in the last. So we're talking about exponential change in everything we see that's impacted by technology, and technology underpins what we do as leaders and the human behavior that results from that. So Chuck is the president and CEO of Life Care Alliance. Life Care Alliance was founded in 1898, and it too has changed dramatically over the last 100 years. As an instructive district nursing association is one of Central Ohio's oldest and largest nonprofit organizations with annual revenue of $19 million and 230 employees. Last year, Life Care Alliance served 20,000 unduplicated clients. Prior to entering the nonprofit world, Chuck spent seven years with Sinise Services, serving as CFO and treasurer, as well as vice president for dining services division, directing almost 80 corporate and public restaurants, and before that, 10 years with Anheuser-Busch, serving in financial and organizational positions. So Chuck's experience in the for-profit senior executive roles has enabled him to really change how this nonprofit functions in Columbus, Ohio, and beyond, and also serves as a role model for what's possible in bringing forth social enterprise to really solve some of our community's biggest problems. And Chuck will talk about how he's done that and how not only are they doing social enterprise in the in the area of Meals on Wheels, but they've also rolled up or acquired several other nonprofits that feed into elder care and elder health. So what Chuck's doing is, to me, fascinating because he really is taking top leadership skills and bringing them into the nonprofit space or the social sector. So my goal as people listen to this show is to bring forward top leaders and skills that people need to be aware of as we are facing the volume of change we're seeing in the world. And what Chuck will expose you to is some of the social enterprise skills that 
basically keep our community healthy. As I've been doing this show and also as I've been growing in my experience as a leader, it's been interesting to see how top for-profit business leaders partner with nonprofit leaders and community leaders to really create a thriving community. If our for-profit businesses are healthy but the rest of our community is unhealthy, we don't have a robust labor force to pull from. We don't have robust clients. So this partnership is, I think, often under-discussed in the leadership ranks until people get to a senior role and they're put on a board because their company's donating money. And so what Chuck will talk about is a little more about how the work happens between business, nonprofit, and community organizations that does promote an environment for health for all of the members and the recognition that leaders in every sector need to work across sector. And he's done a great job in this. So, Chuck, welcome. Well, thanks, Maureen. And congratulations on everything that Life Care Alliance has accomplished. So you have some a big anniversary and also a big donation that I think our listeners might find interesting. So well, give us some more background. Well, the agency is 120 years old this year. So that's pretty important. And it's also 45 years old in its Meals on Wheels program. We're the second city in the country with a Meals on Wheels program. It doesn't go back any farther than 45 years. Started with the Older Americans Act with Lyndon Johnson bringing that in, if you go back that far. Uh, This year, what's kind of fun is we have a donor who uh, has graciously and generously given us a $5 million match for our endowment. Okay. Uh, so if we can raise five million for our endowment, he will match it dollar for dollar. And okay. It, it'll be matched as it goes. I don't have to get the whole five million this year or anything like that. Uh, the reason this is important is, and this story was picked up nationally by different publications. The AP picked it up. Things like that is that some organizations, like an Ohio State University, for example, might get a five million dollar gift every year from somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But health and human service organizations like us never get a five million dollar gift. Well, a lot of your alumni don't go on to have five million dollars to give well not only that and our alumni die unfortunately (laughs) there are seniors and uh, so this is a major thing and it's very important because groups like us uh, traditionally were not allowed to have endowments if you go back even 15 years uh, if we had more than three months of operating income in the bank the federal calculations to how much money we would get Mm -hmm. through the older americans act changed and really a lot of united ways would not give you any money Now, over the past 15 years, though, we've seen more and more agencies like us going broke. Uh, One in six is estimated having gone broke in the last few years in the United States. And that's pretty true, especially on the Meals on Wheels organization side, which is our largest program. And you've picked up a few of those, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so what's happened is that the the feds and the United Ways of the world have said, maybe you should have some money in the bank. And our boards have probably always said we should have Mm -hmm. some money in the bank more than just three months of operating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, uh, the ability to, uh, to increase our endowment is tremendous. And over the years, we've been working on this for the last decade, and we've got about $10 million now in an endowment. Okay. And we hope with this match, this match, obviously, if we raise five and we get five from the donor, that'll take us to $20 million. Mm-hmm. And an endowment throws off about 5% uh, percent a year in interest, which is a million dollars a year. 
And that's a lot of money for an agency that has a budget of maybe 19, 20 million a year and uh, will help us cover a number of people who we'd have no money for their services. Mm -hmm. And so it's just incredibly important. And uh, it's a big milestone, I think, here in central Ohio and for organizations like us. So your story, the first time I heard you speak was years ago, and you talked about Meals on Wheels and the fact that you're maybe one of the only in the country, maybe the only in the country, Mm -hmm. that doesn't ever turn some away. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about that and then the organizations you've acquired that, and why. Yeah. Well, we think in the top 50 markets right now, and we are a local organization, mm-hmm. report to a local board, but there is a group in Washington, D.C. called Meals on Wheels of America that mm-hmm. runs ads and does mm-hmm. some other things for mm-hmm. us and lobbies for us and things like that. And they kind of have sent out statistics. So we believe we're one of the few, if not the only, group in the top 50 markets population-wise in the country mm-hmm. right now without waiting lists for this service. And it's mm-hmm. all because of money. It's all because of money. We just don't get that much money mm-hmm. to uh, it's far less than three dollars a meal oftentimes to deliver a meal here in Columbus, Ohio, a federal meal. So it's it's very important that we have some extra money. And the reason we're a 501c3 not-for-profit charity is to allow us to go out and fundraise some, some mm-hmm. of the difference mm-hmm. and things like that. So that's been very important. Uh, what you refer to as acquiring other organizations, we have, we've taken on uh, four other counties, Meals on Wheels programs, mm-hmm. it, which is an oddity. I, we really don't know anybody else in the country with five counties that they're serving mm-hmm. as a not-for-profit. When it was all started, it was all done by county because that's how the funding came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, nationally, it was all done by population in counties, which is kind of an antiquated way to do it now, mm-hmm. but uh, it is what it is. And uh, we've seen a number of counties go broke, frankly. The organizations okay. that have done this program for years have just absolutely gone broke. We took over two counties here close to us in central Ohio where the agency literally went broke on a Wednesday because they couldn't make Friday's payroll. And we're seeing this more and more. And uh, the reason we take them, these are not money makers for us, but we feel if we should. If they're going broke, they're probably not money makers for, for anyone. anybody. But they, we feel that our model is better. And what we can do, it helps us get a bigger discount from our food supplier. And it also helps us in some other ways uh, financially. So we can make a go of it. We feel our model's a different model. Mm -hmm. For example, the two counties that went broke that we took over when they went broke and the other two, uh, for the most part, they were buying meals from a restaurant, which is great, nice meal, cost too much money, obviously. Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. weren't using volunteers, weren't fundraising. And didn't do social enterprise, didn't do mergers, and didn't build endowments. And we call this the new model. Okay. And the new model is that if you do those five things, which is have a lot of volunteers, because it's a program that can be delivered by a volunteer, a lot of volunteers, fundraising heavy. Mm-hmm. Secondly, do mergers with other organizations to save money and to expand services. Uh, fourthly, do some social enterprise, which we can talk about. Mm-hmm. And then fifthly is build your endowment. If you do those things, you're, you seem to be okay. If you don't do those things, you're in deep trouble. And uh, so that's kind of what we've done over the years. And, and that allows us to serve our mission, which is to get p- to people and make sure we're taking care of them. And uh, we just believe that our organization is a not-for-profit charity. We should be taking care of people and if if they've lost their program and nothing's happened mm-hmm. then we need to go from there and these two counties I would tell you they went about three four months with nothing because this organization mm-hmm. literally went broke and that day went out of business people were calling the police 
the police will tell you that in Champaign and Logan counties. And they, they were being asked, can you go to uh, the grocery store for me and buy me groceries? I have no way to get there. I'm low on money. I, I just don't uh-huh. have any help, basically. Or my I have kids, but they're in faraway states or cities, and they can't get in here that much. Can you go get uh-huh. me things? And there's been some national stories on this. And, uh, you know, obviously that's not the police's job. They didn't know what to do with that. And uh, so when we were asked to come out there, which is always the case, because nobody, a smaller county could be bankrupt by taking on one of these, obviously. Mm -hmm. So we're happy to do it, and we feel that it makes a lot of sense. So you've also taken on diabetes and Mm -hmm. cancer screening. Yeah. And impact safety, right? Yeah. Well, the way, way, Marine, we're going to keep people off waiting lists and be able to serve everybody in need is not only do those five things I talked about, is to keep them from needing our services in many cases. You know, sometimes the person's just going to need our service. They've fallen, they've had a, mm-hmm. a disastrous thing and they need this, or they just can't do it for themselves, their kids are gone, whatever it might be, and they need our services. But there's a number of people out there that need our services because they've become unhealthy. As we age, mm-hmm. oftentimes people develop type 2 diabetes. That's very mm-hmm. prevalent. We feel that about half, half of our Meals on Wheels clients right now have type 2 diabetes. And wow. it's not unusual. If they learn how to attack it and how to exercise mm-hmm. a little bit, even if it's lifting their legs mm-hmm. while sitting on a chair, mm-hmm. something basic like that, yeah. just doing something, an activity, things like that, and then eating our food, which is always low in fat, sodium, and sugar content, they get better. And sometimes after their hospital stay, they don't need to go back to the hospital. And sometimes they get better and they're healthier. We see people, once people are on our meals, Mm -hmm. we see them after three months on our meals improve 30% in their assessments, their health assessments. And that's very important. And so sometimes those folks don't need us anymore. So that's how another way that we're really preventing waiting lists is just to cut back on the number of people. Mm-hmm. that actually need our services. And that's the best way of all, isn't it? So we took on, mm-hmm. for example, last year, the Central Ohio Diabetes Association, 54-year-old agency. I've been after them for 10 years to do this. They merged into us, which is a big trend. Mergers are a big trend in the not-for-profit world. And we're using them for intensive counseling of people who are very open to this, by the way, mm-hmm. may I say. Because when you start to break down health-wise, people want to know how to get healthier. So yeah. if we can give them the counseling for that, mm-hmm. do the new nutrition counseling they're like sponges learning it and they get better and things are good oh that's amazing now the other one that i know of that you've taken on is Mm -hmm. uh cancer cancer screening the oldest free cancer clinic in the country is the columbus cancer clinic and again we are able to prevent a lot of issues with that and secondly if you do get cancer which a lot of people still Mm do we are able through our food programs and through our nursing programs and we can screen for any kind of cancer pretty much we have nurse practitioners doing that and we actually have a fairly new digital mammography unit that anybody would be proud to have a mammogram with that is assisting us in identifying these issues early and again getting people healthier so again they don't need us for the long run and it is amazing how this is working now who gets to use that because i got a solicitation in the mail now i would pay Mm -hmm. but does my payment help support other people getting screenings oh sure so i should do this through you rather than you can if you want it's i'm not doing it well yeah i wasn't thinking you were gonna (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yes people can come in and get their screenings they Mm -hmm. often don't because they 
think you know this is for poor people, uh, which sometimes which is it why I'm is. Asking. Sometimes it is, mm-hmm. but frankly, we can bill your insurance if you have private insurance, mm-hmm. or you can pay for your mammogram, and that obviously helps support uh, people that don't have any insurance or have Medicaid or something like that, which is a horrendously poor payer, and helps us get to more and more people. So that was one of the questions: was is that a smaller piece of the social enterprise? Work? Oh, absolutely. We okay. do tons of things, Maureen, that allow us to get to, uh, that's called social enterprise, that just allow us to get to more and more people. Okay, so we're going to go on break, and then when we come back, let's talk about social enterprise, because I know of some of it, and I would love for our listeners to hear about that. So this is Chuck Gehring from Life Care Alliance, Maureen Metcalf, Metcalf & Associates. We will be right back talking about nonprofit, social enterprise, and leadership. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Metcalf and Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf and Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Our guest today is Chuck Gehring. He is the CEO of Life Care Alliance. And before the break, he mentioned some of the work that they do that social enterprise that supports mm-hmm. Life Care Alliance overall and allows them to have no waiting list, allows them to take over counties that are losing money or just out of business and allows them to do things like offer cancer screening and diabetes screening. And one of my favorite programs is still the dog food for 
Well, because I have a mom with dogs. I know, I know. And I know my mother would give her food to her dog before, or and cat, before she would eat. So well, and that's exactly what happens nationally. Is people give, they feed their dog before they eat themselves or their cat. And you know, cats really shouldn't have Salisbury steak. And people (laughs) need to be eating all the food that we're giving them. And secondly, what happens is the first thing you do, oftentimes, as a low-income senior, which just means you're on Social Security, is you give up your pet. Because you can't take care of it. You can't get it to the vet. Maybe you can't drive it. Maybe the vet costs too much for you. And dog food and cat food is not cheap. And the cheapest way to buy it, you know, is 100-pound bags, which people can't get. So they give up their pet, which is just disastrous. Because the dog or the cat is the social worker, the depression counselor, the security system, and the family member when others are not there. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, that's most of the time. And uh, so those pets are everything. So, yes, we take out pets. And then we work with OSU here locally. Their vet school actually sends out second-year vet students to do in-home care. So this was a program when we started. We had no money for it. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, it's the probably the one thing we do that actually makes $2, and it's probably $2, but it, it's not losing a ton of money at the end mm-hmm. of the year because there are people out there that will support this financially and people that will donate the pet food to us, like Walmart gives us a ton of pet food. And uh, it's broken bags, stuff almost out of code date, but it's the dogs and cats love it. It's keeping the cat and the dog with them. And then the vet students go out and do in-home care, and, you know, the person has a companion. And we know the statistics on that, and it's really, really important. Mm -hmm. I think it's second in my mind, and I have no proof of this. I have not done a study, but i got to tell you, it's second only to the food Mm -hmm. and importance to these folks. Mm -hmm. So you've hit their top two needs. Well, we hope so. In many cases. We hope so. And nationally, Meals on Wheels of America, which, again, we're a local agency, report to a local board, but there's a group in Washington that's kind of – we, uh, we are members of, it's like a trade association, and they've tried to help because it's the most popular thing people want to start in their Meals on Wheels programs around the country mm-hmm. for seniors because it's such a need and such an interest of these folks to be able to stay independent and in their own home. Mm-hmm. So let's go now to the social enterprise, mm-hmm. and we talked about the cancer screening. Mm-hmm. Well, social enterprise is a fancy term, or social entrepreneurship's fancy term, for doing a having a for-profit piece to your traditional not-for-profit, mm-hmm. so that you can somehow generate revenues to yourself. And a lot of people feel it's got to be totally linked and totally similar to what you're doing anyway mm-hmm. uh, as a not-for-profit. But I'm not so sold on that. I think mm-hmm. you can do some different things, and it's been taken. Uh, it's been kind of changed over the years. Now people are using, you know, they might open a for-profit restaurant, but they might use as labor, which is tough to mm-hmm. find, people coming out of the prison system or, or women mm-hmm. who have, we have one here in town, the women who have been uh, victims of sexual trafficking and mm-hmm. things like that. So there's all kinds of different things for it. But the biggest thing, the tr- true definition was to start something that, uh, was a revenue producer, just mm-hmm. so you wouldn't constantly have to go to people with your hands out and way to supplement your income, which all of us have to do. So one of the things we started about 16 years ago is catering company, because we're already doing meals. We already had a chef, and we had a chef who was an old catering chef at a hotel who's still with us, and I was the salesperson. And in addition to our jobs, we said, why can't we cater? We've got the ovens. We've got the industrial kitchen. We can do anything. And we started it with a lot of our staff. Well, that has now progressed to the point. That enterprise pays for approximately 500 people to get Meals on Wheels for the entire year. And I will guarantee you, 
knowing our books, that those 500 people would be on a wait list without that catering program. There's just no way around it. So the profits, I'm just an employee of the place. That's how mm-hmm. not-for-profits work. Nobody owns anything. So the profits from catering go in to pay for other people who need this service. So it's been wonderful to us. We're trying to grow it as much as we can, uh, things like that. When we started that, our nurses, because we have a nursing program, some of the nurses came to us and said, that's really cool, the catering. What do we get to do? And I said, well, what do you want to do? So what we started was corporate wellness. So we're doing corporate wellness programs. We do it for a number of uh, Hmm. big corporations here in town. And some smaller ones, we do lunch and learns, we do biometric screenings, we'll do shots, we'll do immunizations. But the big program is one that I learned many years ago, which is uh, actually putting a nurse and or dietitian on the premise of the corporation for so many hours a week, taking appointments and changing their culture. And it absolutely saves them money on their insurance. That's how they get their money back on that. But we do other things. Uh, it's morphed into other things. So the fiscal department came to me and says, boy, we, we like this. We want to help too. So what they do, they actually do the books for a couple other organizations who just love it to death, smaller not-for-profits, who uh, in one case, they said the first one we did was another United Way agency in town, had about seven employees, but a great organization doing great things. And they said, A, we're paying you about a third of what we were paying our bookkeeping company before. And they said, secondly, you know, we just can't hire a high-end accountant or anybody to do this work, but we can call your CFO anytime we want at the larger agency and get advice if we need it. That's worked great over there. So now we're actually doing a couple of agencies' IT work for them. And we're doing, uh, we've just hooked them into our systems. Mm-hmm. And because uh, you can do all that over the, over the internet these days. And we are taking care of their IT systems for them. I mean, why not help the other agencies out there who are not in competition with you, who may be smaller? You know, there's a lot of not-for-profits out there who maybe have one, two, ten employees. And they just don't have the ability to pay high end. I mean, this kind of stuff kills them. And uh, so we do that for them. Our HR group does background checks because we have to have, because we're larger with a lot of employees, we have the $4,000 background check machine where you put your hands on a, mm-hmm. on, a, on a screen and it takes your prints and automatically runs the background check. Well, other agencies pay us to do that because it's a deal for them. It's cheaper, it's easier, it's more convenient. So they do that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So over the years, we've just kind of looked at things and said, okay, as long as we're doing this service, how can we make $2 out of it? But the bigger ones are we are a full-fledged catering company. We have our own little facility, not in the nicest part of town. It's in our building, but it's nice. My daughter's wedding reception was there. It was lovely. We can have, uh, we had a fundraiser there recently. It had 500 people seated for dinner. They loved it because they got to see the building and stuff, see what else we do. Uh, But we're also preferred caterers at 30 locations. We are a regular caterer. Now, let me just tell you, we're not getting pity caterings because people aren't going to hire us to cater their wedding wedding or their board meetings. We have uh, the largest bank in town, the Huntington Bank. We do their board meetings. Let me tell you, we're not doing their board meetings if we're serving horrible food or we have horrible service. So we have to be ultra competitive. But I have a high-end chef, and we run a very, very competitive catering company. But the side effect of that is that, hey, you're helping the community while you're doing it. So Mm -hmm. with all else being equal, 
Why not hire us? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's one of those things. Now, we, for the listeners out there that are running this catering thing around in their minds, you use a different tax return for catering. And if the catering makes a profit, you pay taxes on it. And we pay property taxes on the part are in the part of the building that we use for catering. Most not-for-profits, you know, their buildings don't have property taxes charged to them because it's considered exempt because you're a not-for-profit. That's how it's been forever in Ohio mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. most other states. But for our part of our building, we use for catering. We pay property taxes on that, so we are taxed on mm-hmm. it. It's run like a business, but the profits don't go to me; they go to the clients, uh, services for the clients. And mm-hmm. again, I guarantee you knowing our books. We hit last year, we're a big agency, a big budget, but we hit a zero, basically. A little less than a zero last year. It's not going to kill us, but, you know, we are on, the, you know, we're not rolling in dough and at all. And uh, uh, we were able to uh, continue to serve these people, and that's what we do. I, I've said, I'll say this, and I'll be quiet, move on to the next question, but I've told our staff and our board and others out there that we do a lot of things well at Life Care Alliance. One thing we do not do well is play God. And when we have to decide who gets fed and who does not, we are a very basic needs organization. I mean, mm-hmm. it is paying rents, utility shutoffs, we're feeding people, housing them, things like that. Nothing fluffy and uh, helping them with their health. And if, if we have to decide who gets meals and who doesn't, that's playing God. And we don't want to get into that. And uh, that's not something we want. So we work very hard to stay away from that. As a community member and also a person who, who has a mom who, if she lived here, would probably still be in her home because I know and trust what you guys do. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know what was available in her community. She's now in assisted living. It's amazing to see the option and also to see you know, the values you use to run the organization. Mm-hmm. Well, I, as I always tell people, move them here. Move your mom here, Maureen. <laughs> and we can hook you. She can live with you, Maureen. <laughs> we can hook her she, up with I, services. We had that conversation. <laughs> she said, no way. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a lot of times I tell people, you know, if they're here, we love to take care of them as best mm-hmm. we can. The problem is this program does not exist everywhere in the country because many have gone mm-hmm. broke. It's not mm-hmm. a big money maker or anything like that. So it's a, a tough deal. But, you know, and we keep over the past decade, especially we keep getting cut by the government agencies, the United Way, as you mm-hmm. know, the federal government. We've all heard Mick Mulvaney's famous comment when the, the Trump administration came in and they came out with their first budget. And he said, Meals on Wheels sounds good, but it's not showing any results. But what people don't recognize, but I will tell you in what I'm about to say, any state rep in Ohio, any state senator in Ohio, and our governor for sure can quote the same thing to you. Uh, we save almost $70,000 per, per person. person per year to keep them in their home where they want to be. And nothing against assisted living or nursing home. They have their place. Just to give you a go-by in Columbus, Ohio, the average cost of a nursing home or an assisted living facility in Central Ohio right now averages $75,000 a year. I can tell you I pay $6,651 a month for my mom's assisted living, and she's not getting anything fancy. No, and she's not getting anything fancy. And I can tell you I was paying – my mom had to spend her last year as a nursing home due to Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. She just Same. couldn't live on her own. And I would tell you it was over seven grand a month, and it's what it is. And 
we can do what we do. We can give you a meal on wheel every day of the year because we're open 365 days of the year delivering. We can also give you what's called a direct care assistant or a homemaker, part of the Older Americans Act again. And we can do all, which who comes out and cleans your environment, make sure you're clean because mm-hmm. you don't want to get sick in your environment. I mean, they're cleaning bathrooms and kitchens, things. They run errands for you. They might write a couple of checks. We can do all that for about 2000 bucks a year. So I often get, when I give talks, I'll have somebody in the back of the room who raises their hand and says, do you get any government money? You know, and they're, they're questioning that. And I always say, yes, we do, but here's why. Because the government knows that we can do it a lot cheaper than Medicaid paying for you to go to a nursing home. And Medicaid is what pays for a lot of these people to go to nursing homes because when you go to the nursing home or assisted living, it's either private pay, you're writing a check, or it's Medicaid when you run out of assets and money yourself. And, you know, I said, uh, we average about 62, 6,300 a month for a nursing home here in Central Ohio. 70% of our clients are living on under $1,200 a month income. And these are not necessarily people that didn't have jobs. But think about it, if you're 85 years old, your social security is calculated on what you did 20 years ago. And so it's not unusual to see people living on 1,000, 1,200 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And they just, and nobody's living, if you look at social security, nobody's living on $6,200 a month from social security. So they just can't go to these places unless they can privately afford them. And I've seen some where you pay up to a million, I've seen $250,000 to buy an apartment plus your services. I've seen one in Chicago that's a million bucks basically to buy the apartment. Now it's really nice and you can sell it when the person passes away, the kids can, but you're still paying for the services which can be upwards of 10 grand a month. So this allows people to stay in their own home where they wanna be. They get you know half the services, the meal, the other half is us going in, seeing how they are for the day. Mm-hmm. And if there's an issue, the volunteer knows to call nine and wait for them to come or call us mm-hmm. and tell us they notice some differences in the people, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's not hard training and it's a fun thing to do. So everybody wins in this deal, but people don't realize what's going on. And I would share with you our governor right now, and it doesn't matter. Our governor happens to be a, a Republican, but it doesn't matter. I'm saying that because it doesn't matter whether it's a Democrat or a Republican. Mm-hmm. Our governor realized how it turned his budget on a dime and is just an advocate for, as he always says, more in-home care. He's kind of put together a SWAT team that very few people know about. They've taken over 10,000 people out of nursing homes and got them back home in the last seven years of his. And of these his. are your clients. And they end up, then they get them back home. They get them set up because once you're in a nursing home, you can't always get out. You can't get your apartment back because you don't have first and last month's rent. You don't have the security deposit. So they get them out and then they call groups like us and say, can you take them? And we take them. And it's saving them because they know it's saving the 70 grand a year per person. And it's a huge, so our little agency has well, you said at the opening, our agency has about a $20 million annual budget. We probably, we had over $3 million in home touches last year. And I would tell you, we save over $3 billion a year to the state of Ohio, just in central Ohio, uh, not getting to Cincinnati, Cleveland, all the other places where there are other agencies. But we're saving over $3 billion in Medicaid dollars to the state every year. And that is a whole lot of money. To give so people, to give people what they want. Investment. Well, to give people what they want, and it really is an investment. So, do we get government money? Yeah, we do get a little bit, not enough, but there is a huge return, and then the citizenry get what they want. 
So $20 million, essentially, mm-hmm. invested in your budget saves $3 billion a year mm-hmm. in Medicaid. Absolutely. And I can give you those numbers anytime. And it's just a no-brainer. I mean, and mm-hmm. frankly, Maureen, a lot of that $20 million isn't government money. It's, it's like, donor money and, and, and selling caterings yeah. <laughs> and corporate wells <laughs> and stuff. But that's how you cobble it together. But it saves a whole lot of money. And this is some agencies have this. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if, if they're housing people, it's certainly saving some money, et cetera, et cetera. If an agency is helping somebody who's uh, disabled or uh, less than fully abled, you know, it's one of those things. And it's saving money. So there are tremendous savings out there, but people don't always get that. It's a complicated discussion. You need a 16-minute segment on a show like this to explain it sometime. Well, and we'll have another segment, but you hit something that I want to just tee up for the next after break, and that's it's fun. It's fun for the volunteers. Mm -hmm. And there are several points that I want to make sure we cover in the last segment about the value volunteers get mm-hmm. when they engage in an organization like this Absolutely. and the value companies get for taking their employees out of productive work to put them into yep. service. Yeah, absolutely. So we will be right back. Chuck Gehring, Maureen Metcalf. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Okay, so welcome back, the Maureen Metcalf and Chuck Gehring. And let's now talk about volunteers, because a large part of the work that is done is delivering meals by volunteers. And you're going to tell us the other stuff that's done that makes this cost effective. But also, as, as we were preparing, there are a couple things I learned that I want to point out. Great team building opportunity. Mm-hmm. And as we look at, we say millennials, but I think a lot mm-hmm. of us want to do things that we have a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. And if through my work, I can also contribute to making a difference in people's lives. Absolutely. What a huge opportunity. Absolutely. So will you talk a little bit about volunteers and how that works? Well, if we do get a government pay for a meal, you know, Meals on Wheels was designed to be deliverable by a volunteer 45 years ago when it started. We get paid the same by the government, whether it's delivered by a volunteer or paid driver. Mm-hmm. So obviously it can be the tipping point for a lot of organizations to get that volunteer. So we looked at it years ago and said, boy, we're spending a lot on paid drivers. How can we get our volunteer numbers up? Mm-hmm. And what we said is, and we actually found this in Richmond, Virginia's Meals on Wheels program, was where we really got the idea was, is who can deliver the meal at lunchtime? And the reason we deliver at lunchtime, and everybody across the country delivers meals at lunch, is because A, they have, uh, it's the best time for digestion for elderly or for mm-hmm. us, frankly. And secondly, in Columbus, Ohio, as in most of North America, around 4.30 in the afternoon in December, it's dark outside. And you're trying to find a home or a trailer, and it's hard to do. So you deliver at lunchtime. So we said, who could deliver at lunchtime? So they deliver all three meals at the same time. If we deliver, not if we, if we deliver it's not three meals. It's never more than two. But if you eat two of our meals, you're in good shape. And if you're more needy with less help, you qualify for two. Sometimes okay. you only qualify for one. Okay. Or you qualify for five days a week if you have weekend help, for example. You, mm. you live with your kids, and on weekends they can help you out or something like that. Okay. So the point here is that we said, how can we find more volunteers? And we saw what Richmond was doing, that they were really approaching businesses mm-hmm. and explaining to them, hey, business person. And this happened at the time of the recession the Great Recession, that companies wanted to make a community impact. Their employees Mm -hmm. were adamant about making a community impact. They wanted to do something, but the companies didn't have a lot of money. So here's the deal. Cost the company nothing, but they let their a couple of employees go out every day and deliver meals. So it costs them the salary. It costs them, maybe, the people, I always say the people were going out to lunch anyway, so what the heck's the Mm -hmm. difference? They're just Mm -hmm. delivering lunch instead of just eating lunch. And we started doing this with companies, and I will tell you, we have the most now. We passed Richmond, Virginia years ago. We have the most company and groups in the country uh, delivering an adopter route, a corporate adopter route. And companies just love it. They can do it a day a month a day a week, five days a week, whatever they want to do. But they let two people go out at lunchtime. Like I said, they were going to go out at lunch anyway. They deliver around their building. The meals are brought out to where their business is. Mm. So they don't have to come to us in most cases. They wouldn't do that. They come out to the business, and we're in multiple counties. So, I mean, we're taking meals out 100 miles away. 
In your little uh, Meals on Wheels vans, right? In our little Meals on Wheels vans to get to these volunteers. And then the volunteers deliver. And we try to keep the routes to about an hour, hour and a half. We're delivering seven days a week, oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And it saves us all that cost of a paid driver. And I'm not against employment, Marine, but a paid driver is somebody who's working two, three hours a day. And we're paying them nine, ten bucks an hour for two, three hours a day work plus mileage on their own cars. So they are hard to find. They're usually retired folks that like doing this. So we've got to have more and more volunteers so the companies have been wonderful supplements to the individuals now on the weekends and holidays it's individuals 100% volunteer Mm -hmm. but we've gotten our volunteer rate way up saved a fortune in paid drivers who again are hard to find it's about 12,000 a year dollars a year to put a paid driver on the road and that's between the mileage on their car and their pay and you start doing this so we've taken I will tell you since I've been there over $700,000 a year out of the budget and paid drivers who again I can't find enough of so if you're listening to this and you're in central Ohio and want to be a paid driver I need you but I, I also need a lot more volunteers so it saves the time as far as volunteering you can go with your friends you can take your kids. We have so many people say that it's a wonderful conversation with their kids. We actually have a couple of grade schools here in town that are so f- adamant about this. They let the parents come down, pick up the like the second and third grader, deliver meals and bring them back to school. And if they're late for school, they're late. They don't care because the kids are getting so much out of this. We have mm-hmm. grade schools, high schools, but the companies are interesting because it doesn't cost the company anything. They let a couple people go out, and the company, they just love it. We never lose company adopter routes unless the company goes out of business. And we have one company in town that's actually delivering seven routes a day out of six locations. They are It's like a cult. <laughs> it's a good cult. <laughs> They're doing that, and they save us a fortune. And uh, they get to go out and see the people. We've had, I often say, you mentioned millennials. I say, you want to impress your date. Hmm. Take them on a Meals on Wheels route some Saturday or Sunday. You just became, in my case, a sensitive new age guy. and <laughs> Or in your case... A, if you want to impress a sensitive or, new age girl. Or in your case, a sensitive new age girl. <laughs> and I'll tell you, we've had people go on dates on these, but they take their Hmm. kids, they go with grandkids. It's just a fun experience. You get to do the direct service. It's not hard. Mm -hmm. You're carrying a meal into somebody's house and the people just welcome you in. They are waiting on you to come because you are their their lifeline on food today and probably the only person about 70% of our folks they see no other other adult on a regular weekly basis other than our workers. And um, so it's just a fun thing to do. It's easy. You'd be amazed in Columbus and Central Ohio who is delivering meals sometimes. I mean, we have CEOs of companies going out because they think it's so much fun. And they go out with their people. It gives you a chance to talk with your person. Like when I go out, I take a person from my food production team. And, you know, you're talking about the dogs and the kids and you're not talking about heavy-duty business and you find out that each other is really a human Mm -hmm. so it really helps humanize the whole thing people just love it I mean we have volunteers literally who have been doing this 30 plus years think through that I think from the perspective of someone who does coaching Mm -hmm. often folks I'm working with are brilliant incredibly effective but we all get in our own way in some cases and I'm not talking about my clients in that case but me You know, it's easy to get overwhelmed by everything that's happening. And to see somebody who has a very different life situation Mm -hmm. helps me put things back in perspective. Absolutely. 
We started it uh, when we really hit this hard. There was a bank in town, still Huntington Bank. They had a group of people who were just on computers all day long doing mortgage and car loan servicing. Mm-hmm. And they had some morale issues, things like that. They started doing this, and their morale changed. People went out, got to know each other. They would force who went in the cars initially. Now they just let anybody go. This has been going on for years now. And they would put two people in the car, didn't know each other, and they came back knowing each other Mm. and friendly. And they just said, I've got this on video, that one of their executive vice presidents said that he thinks it's the best morale builder he's seen in 25 years in the banking industry. And uh, so they do onboarding, this. onboarding, mentoring. mentoring. What a great way to mentor. Yeah, you can take your mentee out with you on a route, and you're just, again, talking about stuff as you're running around for the hour. Then you go back to work, and you're refreshed. You're energized, and you go home that night saying, man, I really... I saw those people. I saw that. And, you know, companies are oftentimes in the downtown areas, so you're not going to the best part of town to deliver and stuff because it's around your building. Mm -hmm. And they see what's out there, and it's really important. And, again, when you take your kids with you, we've had hundreds of people tell me that it's not only the best conversations they have with their kids because they're talking about Mrs. Smith on the route. They're not Mm -hmm. talking about the homework problems or the grades. (laughs) Or the problems, The problems, period. (laughs) The one that I remember was a bank president who took his son out who was 12 and Mm -hmm. uh, at the time and he got him they'd been doing it for a few months and he got the kid one day and he knew the kid was having some issues at school and he says what problems are you having and the son looked at him and said dad I don't have any problems because he had been out on our routes and we have routes in nice neighborhoods too Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong I mean they're elderly medically challenged Mm -hmm. people in all neighborhoods so that's the story, and it's it's. Uh, but people just we've had people meet and get married on the uh, get meet on the dock and end up getting married. We've had all kinds of stuff happen. Mm-hmm. So it's a fun time and something you can do. So if you wanted to send a message to four, let's go through for profit leaders, non profit mm-hmm. leaders, community leaders. Let's start with for profit. What would you want them to think about? As they are exploring, we want to help our community, mm-hmm. and we have listeners around the world. So oh, yeah. China, Japan, Singapore, India. What message do you want to convey? Well, I don't get out of Columbus much, but I did get to Chicago a couple of years ago, and I met with the, they were there at our thing, the government of Sweden. And they hadn't thought about asking companies to do this, and they just thought that was fascinating. So no matter where you're listening to this at, if you're a company CEO or a company leader or whatever it mm-hmm. might be, consider calling your local Meals on Wheels group, if there is a local Meals on Wheels group, and saying, hey, I'm willing to let my people go out at lunch, maybe be mm-hmm. a little longer than normal at lunch and deliver a route with you. Would you like that? I think most of them are going to say, when can you start? Mm-hmm. Now, some won't, but most are going to say, when can you start? start it's going to be great for you it's going to be great for your people it's going to be great for the organization it's one of the simplest easy i mean we can train you how to deliver meals in 10 minutes mm-hmm. and it's not and we, we train on the company premise etc cetera, etc cetera. and again you're really saving the meals on wheels organization real like money and it it helps out and again what a great thing to do i've had a number of ceos tell me here in town that they thought i had one tell me he thought it was a bunch of hooey that mm-hmm. what I was saying, how it would help. And he says, you can't believe the emails I'm getting. I'm getting stopped in the hallway by people saying, thank you for adopting that route. 
Okay, so 30 seconds, what would you say to nonprofit leaders? Well, I think nonprofit leaders, it's not that I'm better or anything like that, but we've got to do things differently. Nobody's getting more government money. Nobody's getting more United Way money significantly. So you got to look at other things, which is uh, social enterprise, building an endowment, mm-hmm. merging agencies, which we've done over the years, which cuts backroom costs and allows you to get to more people with more mm-hmm. services, things like that. It really makes a huge difference. Okay, 30 seconds to community leaders, government leaders, the governor. Well, uh, government leaders that don't get it around the country uh, need to get the fact that they are saving a fortune with these programs and Mm -hmm. not-for-profits as a whole save government programs. You know, a lot of times the reason that not-for-profits exist is because the government has figured out we do it better and cheaper than they do and they don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So they want somebody to help. So I hope government really thinks about how they're funding, who they're funding, and really gives it some major thought. And on that note, I'll say we're recording at an NPR station. So that's okay. Uh, yeah, another nonprofit who helps yeah, our community. Absolutely, and it gets the word out, and people are learning as a result of this. So we're going to come to wrap up. How would people learn more about Life Care Alliance? Well, you just go to lifecarealliance.org. There's a okay. website. That's all over the world, obviously. Or you can call us at any time, and uh, it's on the website mm-hmm. and things like that. But, uh, you know, I would encourage people to investigate what's going on in their community. And if you can, we'd love to have you come out. If you're in Central Ohio or coming in from someplace, we'll take you on mm-hmm. a tour and show you our clients and show you some stuff going on. It really helps people to get in their mind what we do and what some others do in this country. So if you want a vacation in Columbus, Ohio, call Chuck. Well, Columbus is a great place to vacation, Marine. We're I, a wonderful community, that. aren't we? I know that. I'm... You can come see Chuck and Marine in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> but no, wherever you are, I think you can help out. Yeah. That's a wonderful mm-hmm. note to close on. Wherever you are, you can help out. As a CEO, on a board, as a mm-hmm. helping people volunteer and connect... Yeah. As a kid delivering meals, anywhere along the spectrum, yep. you can help out. Yep, absolutely. You can deliver a meal, you can serve on a board, and that's very needed in all mm-hmm. cases. So as a wrap-up to people who are in leadership roles and aspiring to be in leadership roles, mm-hmm. what makes us better as communities, as businesses, as organizations, uh-huh. is that we work together to solve right. our community problems and to make our communities stronger, healthier places mm-hmm. so that our organizations can thrive irrespective of what yeah. the organization is yeah. and its mission. And today, there's no question, if you're a leader in an organization, in a company, your people are going to demand that you allow them to do something for the community. They don't want items to be thrown away. They want them donated. They want to be able to have some time to go out and volunteer in the community and that's going to be a demand of you and you got to figure out how to do it so why not do it with somebody like us that it's free to you well and that you trust that what life care alliance is delivering is ethical yes absolutely so i would love to hear your feedback either email me info at metcalf-associates.com or reach out to me on Facebook, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I hope you heard something from Chuck today that you can put into practice in your organization or that will help reframe your thinking from the perspective of a leader. Thank you, and we hope that you join us next week.
Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then. Drive and thrive and have a great week.